Hallelujah. Oh, it's good to see everybody in Sunday school this morning. Amen. You may be seated, everyone. And uh, man, I love to see your faces here. It's good to see you, Miss Britton. Hadn't seen you in a long time. It's so good to see you this morning. God is good to us, isn't he? Amen. I love that. Uh, I love those songs that the ladies uh, and the, the praise team sung today. And I tell you what, this me and this little pulpit might not get along here. Have you? Well, uh, we'll figure it out. That first song that they sang, Brother Chris, you, uh, Sister Little, what was that first song you sang? The first one. Brother Chris, do you remember? If you can, put the words up of that chorus on the screen. Our God is greater. If, uh, if by some chance you don't get anything in the rest of this service, and I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Hallelujah. You better get this. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Oh, there's none other besides him. Whew. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, you need to understand today, our God is greater. He's greater than any difficulty we might be facing in the world around us today. Any storm that might be brewing in your future or in your present, our God is greater and our God is stronger. So if you get nothing else today, I want you to get that and you believe that. I want you to believe that. I want you to grasp hold of that and believe that. I don't want you to be filled with unbelief, but I want your faith to be strengthened today and I want you to believe in a God that is able to do all things both great and small. We serve a God that is greater and stronger and all-powerful. He said, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. I believe that. Amen. And that's my God. That's my Father. Amen. Praise God. I could sit down right now and we done had church if you just grasp hold of that right there. That our God is greater than the difficulties that we face. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. Is I want to talk about unfulfilled destinies. We all have a destiny, and we all have a calling. The, the Bible even says while we were yet in our mother's womb, he formed us. He had a plan for us. You're not here by accident this morning. You didn't come into this world by accident, but God had a plan and a purpose for your life. And Brother Johnson, if you could put John 10 and 10 on there. Amen. Uh, John 10 and 10 tells us what we have. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and destroy. That's all around us. That's everywhere we look. That's what Satan's all about. But this is what our God came to do. This is what Jesus came to do. But I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Amen. Say that with me, more abundantly. Amen. Not only in this life, but in the life to come, God has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of you today for your life. No exceptions. God has a purpose and a plan. And his plan for you is that you might have life and that life more abundantly. But the devil, from the very beginning, the old thief, he wants to come and he wants to steal that abundant life from you. He wants to steal away your purpose and steal away your destiny. But I want to stand here today and say, no, 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 Satan. Not today. We believe in a God that's stronger. We believe in a God that's greater. 
We are not filled with unbelief and we are not filled with fear, but we believe that our God is able. Amen? And that's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning. Amen. There's uh, fear, anxiety, all those things. are. Pr- I could sit here for 30 minutes, the, the allotted time that I have, and I could tell you all about what's going on in our world. Amen. In the fear that has gripped hold of, of this world. And not even the world itself, but in the church. Uh, fear has gripped a hold of us. And I want to deal with that a little bit today because we've all experienced it. We've all experienced having uh, doubts and having fears and anxieties and things in our life that we struggle with. But I want to I want to I want to deal with that. I want to I want to nail that down today. Amen. And I want to help somebody today. I want to help me. Ever since I was asked to do the, to teach, I began to seek the Lord and I wanted to come up with a lot of different things, but it come back from the first day I was asked to do this, it came back to this. And this is what I want to want to talk about today. It's about unfulfilled destinies. Now in a second, not right now, but in a second I'm going to have brother Johnson put Put some names on the screen. And these are ten great men in the Bible. Ten great men that were uh, were the leaders of their tribes. They were leaders of the twelve tribes of Israel. And they were well sought out because of their expertise and because of the of the great their greatness. And they were leaders in their day. And they had a destiny. And they had a purpose. And I want you, I, I want to put those names on the screen. And let, let's, let's see if we recognize these names and let's talk about these names for a second we've all been to sunday school and we've all heard of great men in the bible and the bible says in the book of numbers these were great men and they were leaders of their tribe I, I don't even know if i can rightly pronounce these guys names maybe somebody can help me shamua maybe huh egal maybe igal gadiel great men from their tribes a meal down the list there you might be sitting bewildered just kind of like I was when I first read about these fellas I don't remember hearing about them in Sunday school but they were important enough men that they were listed in the book of numbers God commanded Moses and he said I want you to go to the 12 to the 12 tribes and I want you to pick some men that are going to do a a covert operation for me. I want these guys to be leaders, the leaders of their tribe. I'm talking about these were the head dogs. These were the guys that were capable. But I don't recall any of those first ten. But there was two more. There's not ten tribes of Israel, but there's twelve tribes. What was the other two guys' names? Oh, our eyes light up. Because we recognize Brother Joshua and Brother Caleb. All of us recognize those guys, don't we? But you know, when those guys were called and when Moses picked those men, those 12 men, they were all on equal footing and they were all the same. They were the best of the best. And they were sent out on this mission to spy out the land. How many of you know the story now? When they had, the children of Israel had come across the land had come across the deserts and God had promised them a promised land. And when they got to the borders of it, God said, I want you to send out some spies to spy out the land to see what we're going to have. And all these guys, these great guys, they all started off familiar, you know, all the same. And they're all listed in Numbers chapter 13. But beside, but, but all, but 10 of those guys, I don't remember anything about except for the two, Joshua and Caleb. We all know 
their names and we remember their names. But when the children of Israel approached the borders, God sent them out. The 12 spies, they went out. I believe we were out for 40 days. And, and I'm sure that the people were anticipating their return because they had traveled all this way. And we're here. We're up on the promised land. And these guys are going to go search it out. And so I'm sure, Brother Littles, they were all waiting with anticipation, the whole, the whole uh, company. And these men came back. And I don't know, you know, they didn't have, they had things to report. They were carrying back some of the fruit they were carrying back. We all know the story. They were carrying back the grapes and all of that. And, and, uh, and they didn't, I don't know how they got the word out back then because they didn't have PA systems like we do now. And there was probably millions of the children of Israel, but they, I'm sure they were all gathered around. They were as close as they could get. And I could just see them as they, as they began to proclaim what they'd seen. It's a, it's a great land. And I'm sure they hollered back to him, Hey, he said it's a great land. And I could just see it going back and back, trying to get on the crowd. And I could just see the excitement building. I, I can see it. It's, it's, it's a land that flows with milk and honey. Boy, just like God said. Now, it flows with milk and honey. And you ought to see these grapes. And I can just see it being passed back. So the whole crowd, because this was a vast crowd of people, so that everyone could hear. And I could just feel the excitement building. Oh, man. Oh, man, this, this is going to be exciting. We've got a great land. They, they said that they've got grapes. that set, They had to have two men carrying them on, on a pole. There's such a big cluster of grapes. That's a land that flows with milk. And, and all that, I can just see the excitement building in the voice. And then all of a sudden, one of the, one of the guys said, But they are as giants in the land. I can just hear a murmur go over. Uh, uh, he, he said there's giants in the land. And there's, I can just see it going back. And, and, and there's great walled cities. And I can just hear them hollering back. And all of a sudden, I can hear that joy and that excitement begin to turn to a murmur. Begin to turn. I, I read the story in Numbers. They begin to weep. They begin to cry out. All of a sudden, their joy was gone. All of a sudden, the excitement how was gone. How quickly, how quickly the laughter and thanksgiving and shouts of joy and gladness and praise died down and it changed to instant cries of fear. Everybody say a fear and dismay. They, tra- they probably thought to themselves, if we traveled all this way and all of a sudden we get to a place, uh, yeah, God said, we could go- God said the land was ours. God had told us we was going to be able to, to possess the land. But there's giants in the land. But there's great walled cities in the land. They're going to kill We're as grasshoppers in their sight. They're going to kill us. They're going to destroy us. And I, I'm sure Joshua and Caleb done what they could do. I'm sure. And if you read the account in Numbers, you know, they tried to crawl out. We, Joshua and Caleb, we can take the land. God's promised us the land. We can take it. They're not more powerful than our God. We can take it. But their voices was drowned out by voices of fear and voices of doubt and voices of unbelief. You know why we don't know the name of those ten guys? They were great men. They were just as capable as Joshua and Caleb. But they were filled with unbelief. And that unbelief brought fear. Think about it. They had seen God do great deliverances and deliver them out of the land of Egypt. Man, can you imagine seeing a Red Sea open up? I mean, even before that, seeing plagues all over the land and you're safe in the land of Goshen. 
God's protecting you from the plagues that's all around you. Then he, with a great mighty hand, he delivers them out of Egypt. And they'd seen God do all these miraculous things. But because of unbelief and fear, they were not able to inherit the promised land. They were not able to receive what God had for them. Not because God was not able to give it to them. He promised it to them. That's why I wanted you to get that before. God, our God is greater. If our God said it, you can write it down. It's true. Our God has gave us some promises, but we cannot allow Satan to put fear and unbelief in our lives where we quit trusting and believing in our God and His abilities. We start looking at the circumstance. Start looking at the giant, so to speak, in the world around us. Start looking at the chaos and, and all of a sudden the murmur, the excitement turns and the fulfilled life and the promises of a fulfilled life turn to murmuring and complaining. And they were even to the point that these people were going to stone Joshua and Caleb and Moses. But God finally had enough of it by the next morning. He let them carry on all night long. He let them go all night long, but he finally had enough. And, uh, and he put an end to it and, and, and even struck down the ten spies that, that spread the fear and that spread the panic. He even struck them down and ended their lives. And their, their children were not allowed to, to go and inherit. We all know the story. Instead of getting their promise, instead of getting what God had for them, they had to go back to the wilderness, back to wandering for 40 more years. And no, no, nobody was able to inherit the promised land that God had promised that was, except for the, the children that had grew up, I think 20 years and younger, were able to inherit except for two men, the two men that we recognize. Oh, God, give us the spirit of Joshua and of Caleb. That's not going to be perplexed and not going to be afraid. Was the giants real? Of course they were real. Was the obstacles they faced real? Of course they were real. Were they scary? I have no doubts. But they, them old boys right there, Joshua and Caleb, they believed in a God, the God that they served. They'd seen what he had done in the past, and they said, you know what, we can take the land. We can take it. But because of unbelief, there were some destinies that were denied. <clears throat> And there were some families that never received the promise. And that is our enemy, the thief. He wants to steal your destiny from you. He wants to take your purpose from you. And while he's going to pull out all the stops and he wants to destroy what God wants to do in your life and the promises of God in your life. I want you to put up 2 Timothy verse, chapter 1, verse 7. <clears throat> Satan used this, he uses this tactics. Where does fear, where does unbelief, where does those things come from? 2 Timothy 1 and 7 says, For God, and this, this is a familiar verse, but I want us to get this. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Let's notice, first of all, that fear is a spirit. There's a spirit of fear. That's what swept over that, <clears throat> that's what swept over that crowd that night, Brother Littles. All the means of people that went from happiness and rejoicing all of a sudden just clamor. And murmuring and, and scared to death. Fear is a spirit. But God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of power. Everybody say power. And of love. And of a sound mind. Say that with me. Of a sound mind. Amen. Somebody hear me today. Don't let this get away from you. 
I've been there. I've been there where I was filled with fear. And I've been there where I didn't have a sound mind because of anxiety and depression and because of, because of fear. But God has not given us that spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power and of love and of sound mind. And I want to ask you this morning, if God didn't give that spirit, and it's a real spirit, and it's real because I've experienced it, if God didn't give it, who did? I'm going to tell you where it came from. It came from our adversary. I'm going to lay this down. I need a little more room up here. Oh, I want to help somebody today. I want to help me today. We don't have to go too far into the Bible until we find where that spirit of fear comes from. You don't have to go too many pages in. In fact, you can go to Genesis chapter 3. I'm going to turn to it. Oh, I love the word of God. Genesis chapter 3. This is, it didn't take him long. Now, we all know the story. It's the story about where the serpent, he came in and he beguiled and, and, and deceived Eve and, and Adam. We all know the story. I don't, have, I don't have time to really go through all that, but we all know what happened. He told a different story. God had, gave them, God had gave them some instructions, and he had put them in a promised land, in a great place, in the Garden of Eden. And everything was at their disposal. But there's a few things that God said, no, I, I don't want you to do this. But you know what? Satan came in, and I, I could, you can preach, and you can give all kinds of messages on what happened here in the chapter 3. But he came in and he didn't, all he did was just change a few little words here and there. He said, oh, the day, the day that you do this thing, I know God said you're going to die, but thou shalt not surely die. And he began to appeal to the, to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. That's the three things, brothers and sisters, he still uses to this day. Hey, we, I, don't be deceived by him because he's, he's still at the same old stuff. All sin is grouped into that category, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye. And he used it on Mother Eve in the garden and on Adam. And he got them to, his story and what he told them sounded much better than what God had said. Even though God had put them in a place of paradise, the story that Satan put in their ear just sounded a little bit better. It had a little better ring to it because it appealed a little bit more to their flesh. Oh, you can be as gods. You can, I mean, I won't go through it, but take the time to read what happened there. But what I want you to get a hold of is, is in verse 8. Let's go verse 8, chapter 3, verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. Let's look at what disobedience, the first thing, disobedience and unbelief. Disobedience comes from unbelief, okay? Can we, can we get that and understand that? When we don't believe what God says, it causes us to be disobedient. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord. They hid themselves. They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord of God amongst trees. And the Lord God called, verse 9, And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? Verse 10, And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, 
What did he say then? I was afraid. That's the first place we see this come up in the Bible, where fear enters the picture, where being afraid enters the picture. And what did Satan use to cause this fear? Their unbelief and their disobedience to God. My friend, they hid themselves because I was naked and I hid myself. That's the first place we find where fear entered the picture, where people became afraid. And they hid themselves from the presence of God. And that's exactly what Satan wants to do today. He wants to take you out of your fulfilled destiny. Out of the place that God has intended for you. And he wants to cause fear to enter in. He wants to, if he can get you to be disobedient and unbelief, then he knows, he knows that that can separate you from God. Unbelief and fear is what got Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. Unbelief and fear is what kept the children of Israel from their promised land. That's a tactic of Satan, and he's good at it. He's a worthy adversary. I mean, he's good at his game, but our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Oh, there's no God like my God. There's no God beside my God. Amen? But I want you to understand, and I want you to get that, and I want to nail that down, where that fear come from. Unbelief and disobedience caused fear to come upon them. In both of those cases, Adam and Eve in the garden and the children of Israel as they were trying to get in the promised land. And it's used on us, it's, it's used on us today. First of all, and, I, and I, I'm telling you, I'm living, I'm living proof that fear and anxiety is a real thing. I didn't believe that at one time. At one time, I would hear people get up and, and they would be asking for prayer about their nerves and fear and all that kind of stuff. And I would, I would just think to myself, man, they just need to get in there and get. But, hey, that's a real thing. There was something happened in my life. There was something that shook my world, that turned my world on its head. It happened. And it caused me to have fear. Caused me to have anxiety. But we all know that God's not the author of that. And we know who is. We've done established that, that Satan is the one that wants to bring that fear into your life. He wants to stop you in your tracks. He wants to do anything that he can throw up in your path to stop you from your destiny. To stop you from the fulfilled life that God has for you. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I mean, uh, let me nail this down. If you're living in disobedience to God, if you're living, in, and I'm not saying that anyone is, I'm just saying, but if you're living in direct disobedience with God, don't expect for there to be peace in your life. Come on now. I've been there. I've been living in, in, in ways that I shouldn't live, but I'm like, man, why can't I find peace? Well, there's not going to be no peace, Brother Littles, as long as I'm walking in direct disobedience to what my God's commanded. There was peace in the Garden of Eden until what happened? Till sin came in, into the picture. Till unbelief and not believing until they disobeyed God. And then all of a sudden, there was chaos in their life. So, it, it, you know, and that unbelief separates us from God. Not being obedient to God will separate us from that love and that peace and that joy. And that fear can come. So, so we've got to be careful that when we're wanting to find peace in our life, let's make sure that we're in agreements 
with our Father, that we're walking in a way that is, is right in His sight, and then, we, then He can work for us. Then we can find that peace. But there's not going to be any peace if you're walking in disobedience. You're not going to find it. But you know, there's, there's, there's other fears. I remember, I remember uh, as a child being fearful at times uh, or seeing my kids. I, I never was really afraid of the dark. And I know there's a lot of kids that are, so I can't really identify with a lot of that. But there, I can remember there was times in my life when I might as a kid, as a child, and many of you with children have experienced this, that it's, it's a natural thing for a child sometimes to be fearful. They can have a they can have a bad dream, or they can think something's in the closet, or what. I mean, that's a that's a natural thing, and they can be really shook up, and they can be really filled with fear and anxiety. But there's something about when mom and daddy come in. I can remember times I would call my dad, and my dad, when my dad come in, it just seemed like. They, they ain't nothing to be afraid of. I remember having children, a couple of my kids that was kind of fearful of things, afraid of storms and stuff like that. And I, I would call them in and I would have them talk to them. I would talk to them and I'd say, look, when you see daddy afraid, then you get afraid. I said, but if you see that I'm not afraid, then you know you're going to be fine. And something about that, that father in their life or that mother in their life, that parent in their life could calm those fears. The Word of God says, except you become as little children. Sometimes we're filled with fear. We're filled with anxiety. But we need to, we need to call on our Father. Daddy, come in the room. Father, come in the room. I need you. And let Him soothe those fears and those anxieties that come up in our lives. I'm almost finished here, but I want to, this is, this is what got me on this, on this subject because it's so important. How many of you want peace in your life? We all do, right? I don't want to be filled with fear. I don't want to be filled with anxiety, but I'm telling you, if you don't, if you don't start putting your faith in that God that is stronger and in that, we, that's why I said, we got to believe that if we don't believe anything else, if we don't believe that we're, we're going to be filled with fear. If we don't believe that our God is able to give us the land like Joshua and Caleb said, then we're going to die in the wilderness, forgotten. We're going to be listed in the Bible, but that's it. Nobody is going to even recognize our names because our life was just unimportant because we allowed fear and anxieties and, and unbelief to keep us from what God has for us. It can cost us a well as well. I want you to go to Revelations 21 and verse 8, and I'm finishing up. This is what got me here. You know, when I read this scripture, there's some things that I understand ain't going to be in heaven. The abominable. That's, that, that sounds right. Murderers, y'all seeing it. Whoremongers, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars. They shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. I get that. I understand that. But what's the first two? But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the hormones. Fearful and unbelieving are listed right there with all of these things that we, yeah, we get that they're going to be there. But he starts off with saying, but the fearful and unbelieving. Oh, my brothers and sisters, 
What that unbelief will cause is fear. And what that fear will cause is you to not believe in your God. And if you don't believe in Him, if you don't put your faith and your trust in Him, you're going to be delegated to a life, not only in this life, you're going to be miss out on what God has for you, but in the day, in the life to come, you can miss out on eternity. Psalms 27, and I'm finished. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Oh, if I, I want you to put your faith and trust in God. I want to help somebody today. I want you to understand you don't have to live a life of fear. You don't have to live a life of, of, of anxiety. Just put your belief in God. Don't let Satan come in and make you be filled with unbelief. So when that unbelief takes hold, then fear and anxieties can take over. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Oh, let's let God be God in our lives. How about it? Amen. That's why when they sung that song, our God is stronger. Our God is greater. Don't let the devil deceive you like he did those, tw- those, ten, those ten spies. He deceived those guys. He deceived Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And he wants to deceive you, but don't let it happen. And when he tries to bring fear in your life and anxiety in your life, you just quote that old familiar verse. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I, you, I, I challenge you. Won't you Google on your phones if you know how to do that stuff? I'm learning how. That's new to me, but man. There's verse after verse. Google the greatness of God. And there's verse after verse in the Word of God that tells us of our God's greatness. That's my God. And when you, when you get a hold of that, that our God is greater, our God is stronger, and we're going to believe in Him, we're going to trust in Him, we're going to put our faith in Him, then anything the old adversary throws up before you, you know it's going to be a lie. And you know he's trying to put fear in your life and unbelief in your life because he wants you to miss out on the destiny that God has for you. Amen. I want to trust God, don't you? I want to believe God. You believe in Him, you're going to make it. Let not your heart be troubled, He said. Neither be afraid. If you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father, I want to believe in Him this morning, don't you? Amen. Amen. I don't want to be filled with fear. I don't want to be filled with anxiety. I don't want to be filled with doubt. My God is greater. My God is stronger. Amen. I hope I help somebody today. I hope I hope I help you some way. I'm telling you, don't let Satan give you give you. God has called you to a spirit of love and a spirit in a peace and of a sound mind. Don't let Satan play in there. Don't let him in your garden of Eden. Put him out. Believe God. Believe the voice of your Father. Believe the voice of God. Don't let him keep you out of your promised land. Don't let him keep you out of what God has prepared for you by filling your head with lies and getting your eyes on everything else and getting you not to believe your God. You put your faith and your belief in God and that fear will not come upon your life because your God is able to deliver. Lord bless you. I love you. Thank you, Brother Marty. Thank you for that word this morning. I, I am so thankful that he can be my Jehovah Shalom or Lord is my peace. I'm thankful this morning that he's our peace speaker and that he 
He knows us and where we are. We're done with our first service. We've got about five minutes, and we'll start back up with prayer for second service. If fellowship, make yourselves friendly. We'll see you in a couple minutes.